Christian Girls in the City podcast. I am your host, Latoya Deshaun. I know I'm a little late. Okay, actually, I'm really late. I was supposed to come on at 7.30, y'all. Your girl been, I've been, I've been extending myself too, too far, too long. I'm saying yes to too many things. And this is the resort. But I was determined to come on still. I kept my promise. I said I was coming on every Tuesday, I think for the next month or so. So I'm glad I went ahead and pressed through. So good night, good evening, good morning, whenever you decide to listen. Um, tonight, I just want to take a little time. I'm not going to take up too much time today. I'm going to be really short. I'm really hoping to stay under 30 minutes. I'm really shooting to do that. I'm trying to really train myself to be in that vein, but... Tonight, I want to encourage you to become and stay unstoppable. Um, a couple years ago, I wrote a, a blog piece called Unstoppable. I didn't really know it was going to explode the way that it did. Um, I was deeply, deeply intertwined in my emotions during that season. And I had to release the trauma and the tension that had been stored up within me. It was like, it, it felt like fireworks within me. You know how Jeremiah said I had fire shut up in my bone? Like, it was like that. I had to release that word because it was burning in me so much. Not only because of the personal things and the emotional trauma, the emotional turmoil and everything I was going through at that specific time, I knew it was going to help someone else because it was such a heavy burden on me. It wasn't just about me. So as I began to type what the Holy Spirit was downloading within me, I realized after I had proofread it, like, I, I mean, I was just typing. I was just, I was going, I was going, I was going. So after I had proofread it, that, that was when I realized it was the formula to being unstoppable. That is the title of today's episode unstoppable like i had realized when i had released what was in that was that was burdening me when i had released what was inside of me it was the formula to being and remaining unstoppable like unstoppable the definition is within itself unstoppable incapable of being stopped unstoppable like god you gave me the formula in the midst of my turmoil during a very sensitive and heartbreaking season, he had the audacity to give me the formula to literally being unstoppable. 
All right, listen up, listen up. Anyone that knows me personally will tell you next to Jesus, y'all already know, my boy King David is my favorite out the Bible. Like, I, 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 I'm, I relate to him. He makes so much sense. He goes through everything, and there's a psalm for that. Anytime you're going through something, there's a psalm for that. Like, literally, I'm not playing. There's a psalm for whatever you're going through. Betrayal, heartbreak, death, enemies, love. When you in, I don't know if it's just you or if it's just me, but there are times where in prayer, all I could just talk about how marvelous God is. David does that. There's a psalm for that. Like, literally, there's a psalm for that. So, from my perspective, let me give you a secret on what I do. Every summer, I read the entire book of Psalms. Every summer. And I choose a different translation each time. So, if you were to ever break into my Bible app, my Holy Bible app, you would see, you would see so many highlights within just the book of Psalms. And through the different translations. And I get a new revelation every summer when I read the book of Psalms. Because it is so much that uh, you can pull. It's so prophetic. It's so apostolic. It's so evangelistic. It's so there. It's such a shepherd. It's so it does. It does what needs to be done. In whatever situation that you're in, there's a sound for that. So David is what I would call a spiritual savage. I actually have a shirt, a shirt on my website called Spiritual Savage. And if you want to go ahead and get that, shameless plug, you can go to www.covenantlifestyle.com and go ahead and purchase that and be on the team. I have that shirt, Spiritual Savage. But anyway, I would consider David a spiritual savage. He was both a worshiper and a warrior. He was both a worshiper and a warrior. Come on now. I know I'm talking to somebody. A worshiper and a warrior. You should be both. Not one or the other. A worshiper and a warrior. And not a warrior, meaning I'm worried all the time, but a warrior, meaning I clap back. I'm petty when it comes to the things of God. Like, you're not ever going to run up on me. I got a God backing me up. I'm not ever going to lose. And when it looks like I'm losing, I actually won. Because my God gets the last say. That's what it means to be unstoppable. I'm, I'm both a worshiper and a warrior. Meaning, any way you come in, I'm taking you out. David had that ability. like He learned it at an early stage, both naturally and spiritually. He learned it at an early stage on how to be both a worshiper and a warrior. He possessed the qualities of being and remaining unstoppable. Now, unstoppable, unstoppable doesn't mean you won't fall, have a few setbacks, miss the mark, make mistakes, even take breaks. The definition literally is in itself. You're incapable of being stopped. Moving forward, regardless of what it looks and feels like. David understood some days we're going to feel like and even go through hell. I know that's for somebody because I might be in the middle of one of those. You either feel like you're in hell or you're going through hell. 
And then other days will literally be like the blessings of God and the favor of God is on you and nothing can stop that. But both days you were never alone. That's what being unstoppable is, is understanding, tapping into the fact, knowing that you are never alone. You are never alone. You may feel lonely. You may be lonely, but you are never alone. Because there comes a time in a Christian woman's life where she breaks away from those passive aggressive prayers. You know, those subtle and small prayers, you know, the one where you kind of tiptoe around what you really want. You know, those prayers where you're kind of performing in a way where maybe if I say it like this, there comes a time in a a Christian woman's life where you break free from that, where you become undone in the presence of God, where you begin to want, when you begin, when you release the transactional relationship you have with God and you begin to form a conventional, a covenant relationship with God, meaning though you slay me, I trust you. I am your bond slave. See, there are certain words, there are certain covenant words that we have with God that couples with the covenant that he has with us. That's you, you tap into those type of prayers when you break away from a transactional relationship with God, a religious relationship with God, a gimme, gimme, gimme all about me relationship with God. Those prayers you say with your mouth, but mentally you are thinking bigger. How many times have you been praying about something, but it sound good, but in your mind, you was like, it should be bigger, not because you deserve bigger, because you serve a bigger God, because you serve the God that can do exceedingly and abundantly, because you know the promises of God, not only in the Bible, but the promises that have been spoken to you individually, but yet you pray small prayers. It's okay to think bigger, but now, sis, I want to provoke you to speak it as well. It's time for you to speak what you're thinking. And when I mean what you're thinking, when your mind is aligned with the things of God for you, for those connected to you, for your city, for your state, for your nation, for your region, like that. when you are aligned with God, your mind begins to go and want bigger. It's not a crime to want anything bigger. It's not Satan to want something bigger. God has put that in you for a reason. The seed was planted for a reason. But now it's time for you to start speaking on it. That's what David understood. He spoke his mind. How many Psalms have you read where he was extremely vulnerable and authentic? He was extremely vulnerable and authentic. Your vulnerability is key into being unstoppable both naturally and spiritually. Your vulnerability is not a weakness. It's not a weakness at all. It's actually one of the strengths. It's one of the grave strengths of a woman who is in tune with God, of a Christian who is in tune with God. Honestly, You have been rocking with me for a few years now, am I right? 
It's time to put your big girl panties on now. If you haven't already, this is the time. We should be going from glory to glory, from faith to faith. But the Bible talks about Jesus what stronger and stronger in the spirit. That means he was growing. He was growing. We should be growing in the spirit. If you've been rocking with me for two more years, if you've been reading my blog, which has been out for at least seven years now, there's no way you haven't grown. There's no way that something hasn't pushed you to go deeper into God. There's no way. There's no way. Ain't no way, boy. Ain't no way. You are more than capable to stand 10 toes down down while making your face like a flint. That is one of my favorite phrases when I talk to my mentees, when I'm talking to my friends. Like, uh uh-uh, you got to stand 10 toes down, make your face like a flint. You got to be like Paul. Ain't none of these things going to move me. None of them. Not that, not this, not that. Nothing is going to move me. That's how he was unstoppable. If you notice a lot of the characters in the Bible, were unstoppable. Why? They didn't waste energy at swatting at flies. They didn't waste energy on things that was not above. They didn't waste energy on things that was not connected to them. Mm -mm. You have survived so many of your worst days already. Like literally. How many times have you thought throughout your life, this is the worst. Ain't no way I'm going to get out of this. How can I be delivered? Who's going to rescue me? I I, I know, I know for a fact you've survived one of your best, one of your worst days. I know you have. I have. I have. So far, I've been on this planet for 37 years. I have survived every, every worst day that I thought I couldn't survive. For Pete's sakes, you literally have been carried through a pandemic. Y'all, we made it through a pandemic. Alive, thriving, blooming, booming, new businesses, new jobs, new houses, new cars, new marriages, new babies. What? Who gonna stop us? Unstoppable. I'm, I'm trying to explain this to you. You've been unstoppable. I just need you to get back. I need you to remain unstoppable. We are at the we are at a spiritual stage where our prayer closets are like a second home. Or maybe I should say it like this. You should be at a spiritual stage where your prayer closet is like a second home. Our altars no longer have to be lit but remain ignited because we come boldly to the throne on a consistent basis. Majority of the time your prayer life is so low or majority of the time your altars are not lit or majority of the time it feels like your prayers are hitting just the ceiling, it's because you're not consistently praying. It's because you're not meeting God and being disciplined at the right time. It's because you have not made prayer a priority. And what is prayer? It's just you communing with God. It's just you having a communication, you having a conversation with God. I don't really know how hard it is. I'm not asking you to go speak in tongues, heal the sick, do all of that, cast out demons. I'm asking you to talk to your creator. 
it, it sounds easy, but it's not done. If it was done, <laughs> life would be a little different. Being consistent is one of the main ingredients to the formula of being unstoppable. How consistent are you with your prayer life? How consistent are you with therapy? How consistent are you with healing and resting? Have you made some of the pleasures and inheritance of God your priority? The things that I've named, those are not bad things. Those are those are benefits, privileges, uh, inheritance of God, rest. For some reason, the world says, oh, I'll rest when I'm dead. No, 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 I rest. When I get off here, I'm resting. I'm going to bed. I get eight hours. And when I don't get eight hours, I take a nap. The pandemic has gave me opportunity to take naps now. I am now regaining the naps that I missed in kindergarten because I didn't want to take a nap. Like, I love sleep. I love rest. God speaks to me in my rest. Rest is what peace is given. I rest. Therapy. I am very intentional about my healing. Are you very intentional about your healing? Are you intentional about overcoming your childhood trauma? Are you intentional about healing from a past breakups or friendships or betrayals? Are you, may I, may I even have the authority to say, are you healing from a lifestyle that you thought you should have had? That's me. So that's a privilege. Healing is an inheritance of God. It's an inheritance. Everybody doesn't heal. That's why we have a lot of people who are hurt. Because hurt people hurt people. But have you made any of these things a priority? Are you casting your cares or are you picking them back up? I've said, I say this so much. We have a tendency to cast our cares and then after the prayer, after we say amen, we pick it back up and leave out. As if we can fix the thing. As if we have the authority to change it. As if we can move mountains. If you read just one Psalm, it's not hard to recognize that they appear to be a book of cries. But I beg to differ. They are line after line after line of vulnerability and authenticity. How honest are you with God? Most people can't tell the truth as if he doesn't already know. Like, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Like, he knew you were going to make a mistake. He knew, he knows your first breath to your last breath. He knows it all. And yet we have a very difficult time of being extremely honest and raw with him. Something that will build us up. Something that will allow us to trust him more and ourselves more. A lot of us avoid a good cry. For some reason, so many people were taught that crying is a weakness. A good cry is a step that, that's required to remaining unstoppable. Tears are not a sign of weakness, but an invitation for God to become your comforter. A silent response, simply saying, a, it's, it's a, a cry is a silent, tears are a silent response, simply saying, God, I trust you. There's been many of times when I just prayed and I could only just let the tears um, 
let the tears run down my face. I didn't I didn't have the words to express my pain. I didn't have the words to express my joy. I didn't have the the words to express anything, but my tears carried the weight. My tears said it all. They were silent, but they gave they gave they extended the invitation to be comforted, to be com- to be comforted by the comforter. That's what tears for. That's why I don't fight back my tears. I, I I used to fight back my tears. I didn't like to cry in front of people. I didn't want anybody to know they hurting me. I didn't want to cry, even if they were tears of joy. I never wanted to appear weak in front of people, which means I didn't want to appear weak in front of God. That is so weird. Now, I am a crybaby. I'm a cry wherever, in church, at work, in the car, cooking. I'm going to cry. I'm going to release it because it's saying it's, it's I'm allowing my spirit to say something that I may not even know how to put into words. And I'm not going to ever deny the comforter coming closer. Ain't no way. So many people were raised on the phase that you can't question God. That's a lot. That's a lot. I, I, I have questioned God and I often sit. And I await for the answer. And if I don't get the answer in that seating, and that's it. If I don't, if he doesn't answer me while I'm waiting right there within my meditation time, I wake up the next morning and I thank him for the answer because I know I'm in great expectation that he's going to answer me. And the reason why I know he's going to answer me because I know he heard me. See, and the way to be an unstoppable is literally understanding the God that is unstoppable. So as greater is he that is in this world than he that is in me, he that is in you. That's un- to, to an unstoppable God dwells in, in me, which makes me unstoppable. So I wouldn't dare not give him the opportunity to answer me when I pray and not be in great expectation. When? And after I pray, I know God hears me. I've seen him move on my behalf. But giving him that Selah time, David does that. When you read the Psalms, there's a part where it says Selah. That's a moment where he he took a break. He took a moment to allow God to respond. Prayer is not just you talking to God, but allowing him to respond. Let me tell you something. When God responds, he responds to a whisper. Because you can only whisper when you're close. That's how I know when most people have been, God has spoken to them. It was a whisper. It was something soft. It wasn't a loud thunder. It wasn't a boom, 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 ba, ba, ba. This is what I want you to do. It was such a soft response. It's so, it's bold, but soft. It's inviting, and but comforting. Like he, he does all of that in one whisper. That's why I never understood why people couldn't meditate. Joshua said, I meditate on your word night and day. That's when the whisper comes, when I'm in the meditation stage. That's when the whisper comes, when I'm focused on things above. That's when the whisper comes, when I silence out everything that is not like him. Because you, let me tell you who voices you hear on the regular. Your friends or those closest to you, yourself, Satan, and God. Those are a lot of voices going on in one space. But when you discipline yourself to hear the voice of God, you remain the vessel and the conduit to answers, to solutions. 
after you pray or even meditate on his word, do you just await for him to respond? I hope you don't think he's a silent God because he's not. He's speaking all day, every day, if you really want me to be honest. Are you taking the time to step into the vein to hear? Have you silenced all your all your desires and fantasies and wants? Because God is not going to give us everything we want at one time. Then our faith will never be. We would never go from faith to faith. We would never go from glory to glory. We're supposed to be dependent on him. The answer is in the dependency. I've noticed throughout the many down moments I've experienced, heaven will respond when I would arrive. You honestly have two choices, to be powerful or pathetic. Baby, but you cannot be pulled. It's impossible. You cannot be pathetic and powerful at the same time. It's not, it's not possible. After, after I'm disappointed, someone betrays me, my feelings are hurt, um, I disappoint myself. I mean, because that happens at times too. I give myself an allotted time where I can be disappointed and angry about a matter. After that, I release it and keep moving forward. You can't allow you can't allow these things to hold you down for too long. It it will it will it will stall you. It will stifle you. It will make you be. It will make, you will end up becoming like Abraham's father Tira, where he was on his way to his prepared place, but because he got weary, but because he got tired, he stopped, and because he stopped, he died there. He ended up being stopped. He was stopped. Because he didn't continue to move forward. Remaining unstoppable is truly a choice and not allowing things that won't matter in a few months to weigh you down. I have a question for you. And I am actually looking forward for you guys to answer this question either in my DMs on Twitter and Instagram or in my messages on Facebook. So the question that I have for you, when you are going through something, what do who do you tell first when you are going through something who do you tell first is it god is it man is it your mama your sister your best friend let me let you in on a little secret one of the things to being unstoppable is running to god first about your problem Scripture tells us to acknowledge God in all our ways and he will direct our paths. He can only do that if you run to him first. Eventually you come to him. But why do you run a man first? Why do you go to someone who is powerless first? Why wouldn't you run to God first and see what he says and see what he does? See, I don't know. Every person who has a relationship with God knows him as a different name. That's why he has so that's why he's the mini, the mini-breasted one. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Rapha. All of these names because people had people in the Bible encountered him through those experiences. My experience, I know him as the glory God. He gets the glory in every 
aspect of my life. He has he has shown himself gloriously in every situation that I've given him. I, I, I can't call him anything else but the glory God. He's the glory God. He's the he's my glory God. So as my glory God, he's the one that I run to first. Like I can't I, I can't wait to meet so many people at the Lions Den uh conference coming up in September. I can't I, I love when you guys DM me your testimonies and you testify and you tell me, and I'm like, look at the glory God. And I call him that because that's all I know him as. That's the glory God, the God that gets the glory, the God that does miraculous things and glorious things in my life, the God that has never failed me yet. The glory God. See, I can speak so boldly about him because I know him as my glory God. When you know him as the God, as your God, you start, you got, you got your own name. You come possessive with that. I know him as the glory God. I don't know what you know him as. I know him as the glory God. If you become the person that runs to God about everything, every situation, and, and every person that tries to make you bow to their vice, will regret the second they force the God in you to arise. That's what happens when you run to God about everything. Did you notice that about David in the Psalms? Every time something happened, he ran to God about it. You know who else did that? Jesus. Whether it was a miracle, a sign, a wonder, an attack, a betrayal, he went up and went to God. He went to his father. Going to God about everything allows God to deal with everything. I want to say that again, going to God about everything allows him to deal with everything. You are only deemed unstoppable when you tap into the vein of the unstoppable God. There's a look, there's a tone of an unstoppable person. You you can tell when somebody doesn't let any and everything shake them. They have this look. They have this demeanor. They have this type of confidence. They have a way that they speak. They have a way that they walk. They have a way that their posture is even different because they, they know they're unstoppable. And like I said before, unstoppable don't mean that you make that you don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that you don't take breaks. It doesn't mean that you don't fall. You don't miss the mark. Those things happen. But being and remaining unstoppable is, is to continue to keep moving forward, to, to wait, to wait patiently on the Lord, to wait. What, wait. what does the wait mean? It's the faith. Wait is literally faith. I love that song by Maverick City, Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. Just wait on him. A lot of us can't do that. We get tired. We become like Abraham's father, Tira, and we just stop and we die in a place. And when I mean die, we stop growing. A person that hurt you last year shouldn't run past you again and see you stay, see you at the same place that they left you at. You got to let that go. You got to keep moving forward. Paul said, none of these things shall move me. He didn't say none of these things wouldn't hurt me. He didn't say none of these things wouldn't wouldn't hit me in a way where I got to sit down for a second. But he said, none of these things will move me, meaning move me out of my place. None of these things will stop me from going to the prepared place that God has for me. None of these things. 
sitting joyfully to sitting joyfully at the table that God has set before your enemies is being unstoppable. Like being unstoppable is knowing his word. He said, I said, I said, I, I prepare the table in front of your enemies. Y'all get mad when y'all enemies show up. He said, I, I prepare the table before your enemies. And then, this, and then in the next breath, David says, and when my enemies are at peace, let it be a trap. Y'all be wanting them to have all type of problems. Nah, baby, give them peace. Being unstoppable is knowing and understanding the word. Allowing, allowing it to be a lamp beneath your feet, guiding you to and fro. I didn't want to take too much of your time today. I said I wanted to be literally at 30 minutes. I am literally there. I did it. I came on late. I was determined to stick to my word. I was determined to come and not allow imposter syndrome to stop me, not to allow my insecurities to stop me. But I was determined to continue to do something that God gave me. Because I was really going to hang this up. Because I was like, I just don't have the strength to do this. I, I don't really know where I'm going with this. But God said it's in your consistency. In your consistency. I need you to stay consistent. You will be unstoppable if you stay consistent. So tonight, I just wanted to encourage you to become and to remain unstoppable. Well, until next time, my loves, I am praying with you and for you. I love you. No more chains holding me. I got up out that dark place. Stop worrying about what everybody else say. Cause they don't know my story. Can't see my pain. If they did, then they would love me just the same. I shine, you shine, we shine together. That's how it was meant to be.